When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. Hey, Ben. Today we're going to talk about um, headlights. Yes, we're going to illuminate some of the questions oh, about no. headlights. Are Only it, time, I promise. Are, these aren't going to come throughout the entire podcast? Never again. Uh, really? You can, you can promise that right now? I can promise you no headlight puns. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I was worried. You know, I mean, we start off in the first few seconds and then, you know, you hit me with something like that. I know sometimes it's a trend. <laughs> uh, you like to just keep it going throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like the time when I tried to come up with all the words for cash, money. <laughs> yeah. Remember? That was Cabbage, pretty cool. Scratch. Mm-hmm. List goes on and on. Jeez. Nothing like that today, huh? Well, not not with headlight puns. Not intentional. Not intentional. Right, not for this good. podcast. So, you know what? This is – it seems like a, a topic that may not have a whole lot of legs to it really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that – you know, once you once you start looking back at the history of headlights and all the different types available now, um, this becomes I don't know, a substantial topic. Yeah, it's got a fascinating storied history. Of course, anyone who thinks about it realizes that headlamps, in some way, we'll use headlamps and headlights alternately here. Mm-hmm. Headlamps, in some ways, preceded uh, autom- automobiles because. Yeah. You know, you've got a horse-drawn carriage driving at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be using most likely some sort of lantern system because especially considering the condition of roads back then, it was a necessity. Very few electric horses back then. Very few, very few. Yeah. Actually, only rumors <laughs> exist. No, they, seriously, they used uh, oil lamps, really, mm-hmm. right? And, yes, uh, and just the kind that you would imagine somebody holding from their hand and, you know, swinging back and forth. Mm-hmm. They mounted one or two of these at the front of the car. Um, glass, of course, you know, they're brass and glass and, right. um, you know, very, they look delicate, but they're not, they're, they're often big, yeah. uh, very large because they're trying to throw out a lot of light, but imagine lighting your way with what's essentially a big candle. Yeah. If you've ever walked around with only a candle as illumination, which I imagine most folks have at some point. Yeah, sure. You realize 
very quickly that it has some definite disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Uh, the primary being that it's not the most dependable light source, which is why they have to be encased in glass so the mm-hmm. wind doesn't get them. Uh, secondary being that there's very little uh, contr- – there's not as much control over the direction of the light. Sure. They were reflected mm-hmm. and they had lenses. Right. But um, you got to remember that you know, <laughs> that's it's like – Maybe it's a little more than this, but I'm guessing like one candle power uh, of power, you know, in these things. It, not really that much. Yeah. So there's more to it than that uh, with reflectors and the way that they amplified the light just a bit. Um, but you know that it's not going to throw off much light. It's a good thing that they weren't traveling all that fast. Right. Yeah. There we go. That's a really good point. Yeah. Now, the as we go up toward um, – more headlamps, you know, as as you said, Scott, the uh, first headlights were uh, on vehicles uh, during around the 1880s, mm-hmm. and these were, as you said, based on oil, and uh, they were like gas lamps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they they had high cost. There was another thing here uh, used to fuel these lamps: acetylene. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And uh, hmm. this, unfortunately, was also had a high had a high cost associated with it. Uh, the first electric headlamps, um, we're seeing those in 1898, the uh-huh. Electric Vehicle Company. And these are what you would call incandescent lamps. Exactly. And incandescent lamps are now considered to be old technology. Mm-hmm. Um, they were used for, geez, man, they were used for like a hundred years on cars. They were oh, yeah. Used for a long, long time. And, um, you know, the thing is that they're, they're close to like the bulbs that you have in your house. And you know, the problems with the, the bulbs that you have in your house is they don't last all that long. Right. And they, uh, emit a lot of heat. Yeah, they do. They're very, very hot. Light. Exactly. They're very hot. Uh, of course, they're much more powerful than the bulbs that you might have in your house. They're focused. Um, you know, they have the reflectors, like we mentioned, in the glass lens. It's all meant to direct the light in a certain direction, a certain pattern. Uh, but the filament inside these bulbs does actually burn up, and 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 it uh, it kind of evaporates, I guess. Yeah. Every time the heat and the light go, they uh, evaporate, a chip off, if you will, a little bit of the filament, yeah, whether it's tungsten or something. And else. that's why you know you can imagine in a car, a vehicle, there's a lot of jostling around. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you've have you ever. You ever done this, Ben? Have you ever been at home and let's say you're in your basement and there's like a bare light bulb or something? You know, there's just a, a simple fixture. Yeah. And you inadvertently bump that light with your hand or your, you know, something. You, you knock it, but it's not enough to break the bulb. Mm-hmm. But the light gets intense, extremely intense. Yes. And the filament within is jiggling a bit. Yeah, that's right. And you know that that bulb, probably the next time you turn it off and then back on, it's going to blow. Mm-hmm. That just happens. It's it's a it's a rough environment for a vehicle, I'm rather a uh, a bulb to exist in. Mm-hmm. Is at the front end of a car that's bouncing up and down on the road. Now the thing is that even though these systems, these incandescent bulbs, are in scientific basis uh, rather inefficient, the question here is why were they used mm-hmm. for so long? Why are they still used? If we're talking sure. about halogen, and uh, the answer is. That because that driving at night is a dangerous thing. It's self-evident, but I've got a pretty good stat here. Uh, a little bit less than half of the deadly accidents in the U.S. occur at night, deadly vehicle accidents. Hmm. And that's kind of weird because night driving only accounts for about 25% of overall traffic. Oh, okay. So when you said um – 
you're saying less than half of the accidents are at night. I was thinking that it was going to be higher than that, but then, then when you tell me that it's 25% of all driving, less mm-hmm. than 25% of all driving well, yeah, is it's, done at night. Yeah, so 25% of overall traffic is at night, and then about somewhere between 45 to 46% of deadly accidents. So nighttime fatalities are very yes. common then is what you're saying. Yeah, especially okay, for the it. amount of time. And now, you know, part of – well – Part of what helps this quite a bit is mm-hmm. that you know extending that vision. You need to you need to drive to, um, I guess you don't want to outdrive the headlights. Is what you don't want to do. Yeah, you want to drive faster to than than you can see because you can only see a certain distance down the road with with your lights and with incandescence you can't see all that far. Oh, yeah, they try to extend the range of that yet still remain on the the uh, the side of the law where you can't have a certain above a certain wattage. You can't have. Um, you know, beams that go past a certain, uh, a certain, I guess, level of intensity yes. because it would blind other drivers. Well, we've, you mentioned it just briefly, but, um, halogen is kind of like a newer technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it also requires a filament. It's a tungsten filament like the old bulbs are. But, um, what's different about this is that it's filled, the bulb is filled with halogen gas. And this, uh, creates that, uh, an environment where there's much less decay. Mm-hmm. In that filament, and uh, and it just creates a um, what's well, a longer lasting, brighter bulb. Yeah, it's like a uh, four hundred fifty to a thousand hours or so. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was the. That's like the average um, headlight lamp. Uh, uh, yeah, average average <laughs> halogen average lamp, but lifespan. That's what I'm looking for. Lifespan. Yeah, but okay. there's of course a huge variance there, as you could tell, because there's quite a distance between 450 and 1,000, yeah. and that's because there are so many variables mm-hmm. that affect uh, a light bulb, especially if it's a moving vehicle. Oh, sure. And, you know, you get a crack in the lens, yeah. and then weather gets in there, you know, whether it's a, um, a a foggy night or whatever, and, you know, the, of course, dampness is going to seep in everywhere. If the seals are bad on the back of the, ca- the housing, mm-hmm. it's going to be bad. Oh, another one. They always – they're pretty good about doing this recently, I noticed, mm-hmm. but um, – for a while, a lot of people with the halogen bulbs, because you know the incandescence, it was kind of like a big glass fixture that you would just plug in, yeah. And you get the whole unit, you know. And that's not like it is now. Um, you would buy the whole glass unit and you plug it into the back and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, now with the halogen bulbs, oftentimes you remove a plug, replace the bulb, and, and they if you reinsert the plug. And and if you notice that when you buy a halogen bulb now, they tell you, you know, make sure you don't touch the bulb as you install it. And it, it sounds impossible, but it's not that hard to do, really. Right. Use a soft cloth, or, you know, microfiber cloth or whatever, but um, just don't get your uh, greasy fingerprints on the bulb because it'll cause hot spots on the bulb and it'll cause it to burn out faster. Mm-hmm. But they're really, really good about telling you about that now because every time I've purchased one in the last, jeez, I'd say 10 years, they've told me about this. That's that's awesome, but you know people are still ignoring that instruction. Obviously. Yeah, I think so, and you know, but you do you do pay for it because it does happen. They do burn out a lot a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Do you want uh, now the first? Uh, let me see. I can do some headlamp first to get us up to the halogens introduction. Ah, uh, the xenon, you mean? Oh, oh yeah, the xenon. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. So first, quote unquote, modern electric headlight system. Mm-hmm. Cadillac. Oh, really? Nineteen twelve. Nineteen twelve. Wow. Uh-huh. The, uh, the first company to have low beam headlights was called the Guide Lamp Company. That's 1915. Hmm. But here's the thing. Um, most of these systems around this time, they required the passengers or the drivers to get out of the car 
to turn on the lights. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I'd never thought about this, but you know, if, if you just have a lamp or something up front or an electric system, there might be just, I guess the early tendency was just to make one lamp. Yeah. Our one lamp setting, mm-hmm. not two. And that was kind of a, that was a pretty dramatic leap then to say, you know, we're going to make one that's brighter than for when no one's around. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the market responded to that too. By 1924, there was a foot operated, uh, oh, excuse me. By 1927, about three years later, there was a foot operated dimmer switch finally uh. involved. And Cadillac was also the first to, uh, have an interior Control. You know, my Chrysler has a foot lamp, uh, or rather a foot dimmer. No way. Yeah, the foot, I call it foot brights is what I call it. The foot, <laughs> foot bright switch. And, uh, <laughs> I've had other cars in the past that have foot bright switches too. Those are, uh, man, you don't realize how cool that is until you use it. It's, it's really handy feature. Yeah, it's gotta be pretty convenient. I kinda wish they would go back to that instead of having to pull the stock to mm-hmm. you to turn on the brights or push it forward. Yeah. Uh, the foot bright switch is just, it's so comfortable. It's so easy to use. It seems like more intuitive. It does. It really does. So the uh, halogen headlamps, uh, they're in they're in Europe in 1962. That's when they're officially start on the market. Right? 62. Wow. Yeah. And then we're going to skip ahead to uh, 1991 BMW 7 Series, the first car model with uh, xenon headlights, which are the high-intensity discharge. Mm-hmm. So this is like 29 years later before there's next – Big advancement in lights. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when the first time you saw those bright blue headlights on a car? Yeah, it, it was like, what is, what, what's going on with this lamp? It was so <laughs> bizarre because it stood out on the road so dramatically compared to the the yellowish lights that everybody else had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still pretty dramatic, but you see more and more cars with them now. But uh, yeah. right at first, when you saw one with it, it was like that's a real head turner. Yeah, I was convinced that it was a type of car I'd never seen before mm-hmm. unless I was also able to discern the rest of the car. Because when you just see those headlights, it looks – it's crazy. Well, at the time, I remember I was driving like a Ford Festiva or something, right? Oh, yeah. And I saw these lights on – I think it was like a – I'm going to guess here, Ben. I think it was a Ford Lincoln or something like that. Okay. So I stopped into a Ford dealership and said, what do I have to do to get these bulbs for my car? Mm-hmm. And they said, no, no, it's not the bulbs. It's the whole system. you got to buy – Everything that goes with it, the yeah. ballast, the, you know, the, it, it, mm-hmm. there's a lot to it other than just replacing a bulb. And, you know, at the time I was pretty bummed out, but later, you know, these aftermarket, uh, you know, colored lamps came around and I tried, I tried them early on and, and had some, uh, some failures. With really? Them. Yeah. Like quick failures, like just a matter of hours they failed. Um, these aftermarket headlamps that, you know, I purchased from, I don't know, one of the, the big name auto parts stores. Sure. Um, but it was early, early on in the kind of blue lamp. Phase, yeah, and uh, not so good. I, I have, in fact, I haven't even tried it since, but I know they're much better now. Now, when you when you drive with those lamps, mm-hmm. uh, you see, you can see the difference. Mm-hmm. You really can. Sure. Yeah, these are the the xenon bulbs, right? And they're mm-hmm. real popular now. They have a real, real bright light, um, and they're they're well, they're probably the most in demand are the high intensity uh, high intensity discharge lamps, which are the HID systems. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that listed on the uh, on the window decal often. Because you know, it's a, a feature they want to tout, you know, yeah. it has HID lamp. lamp Lasts system. longer than halogen bulbs. Yeah, there's no filament to burn out, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is the the biggest thing in this. So there's other problems that go on with these that that may cause issues, but mm-hmm. um, you know, there's no filament. Again, it's a sealed a sealed uh, gas that that you know is excited. It uses two electrodes um, in order to. I don't know. I, I guess that's the best way to say it, right? Excite the xenon gas that's that's sealed inside the bulb. Yes. 
And so, you know, the problem comes then if you get a crack in that or if there's some type of a leak that um, allows that xenon gas to exit or there's a wiring problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about three times as bright as a halogen bulb. Um, so, you know, the dramatic difference between um, xenon bulbs, the HID lamp systems, mm-hmm. and incandescent. They also uh, use less power in for as a ratio of the light they deliver. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah, so they um, – well, still, there, there's still disadvantages. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm, uh, being paid to talk, uh, about these by the manufacturers mm-hmm. or something, but it is true that they produce, HID systems produce more light using less electricity. And, uh, some car manufacturers will see that as a way of reducing carbon dioxide emission. Okay. Understood. I mean, a, a marginal way, I would argue. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, I've got a note here that says that they're, we have, we have another article about, um, the, uh, the bluish headlights on expensive yeah, luxury cars. Yeah. We've got a lot of um, articles on lights, actually, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact. Um, there's a whole list of them you know, that you can go to on our site on HowStuffWorks.com. Mm-hmm. But um, this one in particular mentions the bluish headlights on expensive luxury cars because at the time that was about all they're on. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out that they're two times as efficient as fluorescent bulbs are, which I found pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and and that's fluorescent, not incandescent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're basically the same thing that you would find in mercury vapor lamps or sodium vapor lamps, which are like street lamps or the, you know, the really bright, mm-hmm. um, stadium lamps. Yeah the, yeah. the extremely bright stadium lamps It's very similar to that. They're very, very efficient. Um, and it's probably closer to the mercury vapor lamps in, in operation. Uh, they do have, however, a faster startup time than the mercury vapor lamps because those are the ones that are orange, Ben. Yeah, you know, the, the kind of iodine colored. Yeah, light. yeah, those are strange looking, and they and they have different temperatures as they warm and cool because mm-hmm. you've seen everybody's probably seen them turn off and on, and you know the light that starts out as as white ends up being kind of an orange light, and then clicks off, and then clicks off, yeah, and it fades back down and cools off, and then it clicks back on and it's white again and then it turns mm-hmm. orange. Um, well. Headlamps, they can't, they don't have the luxury of having that amount of time. Yeah. Not everybody's going to get in the car and turn it on and let their lamps warm up. Um, so they have a faster startup time because of the xenon gas. It's a difference in them. And, um, you know, it's higher pressure, but they do still have a little bit of a warm up time. They can't, you can't, um, you know, tell everybody you got to wait 45 seconds to a minute to drive. Um, most people just get in, turn the key, and they're reaching for the stick shift. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they're effective immediately, but they do warm up and they do become better as you drive. And right now, these are still expensive. Mm-hmm. These are still not something you're going to find on a lower-end new car. No, no. But, uh, for the most part, no. But as we say in our article, um, they're likely to become more widespread, mm-hmm. especially as the, uh, I guess, as the economy of scale kicks in and they get a little bit uh, cheaper to manufacture. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned widespread. Widespread. Was this uh, was this hinting at the next one? At my segue? <laughs> yeah, maybe, because there, there's also projection headlamps, which are, um, you know, they're, they're a very narrow beam, but mm-hmm. the the lens is what they use. A lot of people have heard of projection lamps mm-hmm. in cars. They, it's another feature that's touted by people, you know, the, yeah. by manufacturers. It's the lens that's in front of the bulb, the projection bulb, that causes it to have any kind of width or or um, or height in order for the driver to be able to see. But they are very efficient, very effective, and uh, they give you a lot of um, well, a lot they, of distance. They extend your range. Yeah, the, a good range. Yeah. Projector headlamps or projector beam headlamps, I think I've heard them called. Um, there's also another type that's 
strictly off-road, or do you have another thing about uh, projector lamps? It's not quite projector headlamps. I I, I, uh, I just want to do this segue real quick. Yeah, part. sure. Okay. Stop me if I'm stealing your thunder, Scott. No, no, no. But let's say you're driving at night mm-hmm. on a curvy road. Oh. Is there a kind of lamp that will come in handy for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Boy, yeah. what a setup. <laughs> well, if you're driving a Tucker – then yes, you could have a uh, – no, I'm just kidding. That's a, <laughs> But it's very similar, right? Adaptive headlights. That's a good point. I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, the Tucker had right. uh, a it very early – swivel kind of headlights. A, verly, a very early form of this. And uh, it's one of your favorite cars, right? Mm-hmm. Remember the center beam that would turn with the steering yes. wheel? Very innovative, right? Yes. Very, very innovative. Well, there are adaptive headlights now that do the same thing, and that's from Audi. Audi mm-hmm. makes these, at least from, you know, according to this article, I think there may be more out there now. Yeah, at the time of the article, uh, there, it was Audi, but there there are more companies doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Audi who has this adaptive, uh, it's a sensor that, that determines, you know, the yaw of the vehicle, which way it's rotating left mm-hmm. or right. And the headlamps turn in the direction of the turn uh, up to 15 degrees each way. So mm-hmm. there's a 30-degree variation in the way that the headlamps can can be positioned uh which is that's pretty remarkable that's pretty good yeah um bmw has a system that they call their cornering lights yeah and the cornering lights they come on you know at lower speeds uh you're talking like 25 you know sub 25 mile per hour and um it says that they can illuminate up to 80 degrees of additional area to the side of the car which Mm -hmm. is that's pretty darn good as well. And, um, you know, up to 25, that's pretty fast turn. So that's not necessarily a real low speed turn. No, it, it only sounds low because we talk so often about cars that go in excess. Yeah, of that's right. Miles yeah. so, but they do turn off automatically. So it's another thing that, you know, and I know other cars that if you hit the turn signal, a cornering lamp comes on so you can see the curbs. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, it's a similar idea, but I think that BMW has taken it just a little bit further with this, uh, this cornering lamp idea that they have. And then the last one, um, man, what if you're in a truck? You ever been in a truck that you've overloaded? Oh, gosh. You you mean I've overloaded it to the point where the lights aren't showing me what I need to see? Exactly. They're pointed up into the air, right? Yeah, yeah, because of the uh, because of the weight on the back of the truck pushing the front of the truck up. That's, that's right. If you have a, a fixed headlamp beam, mm-hmm. uh, that, that headlamp beam is going to be angled up and it's going to do you no good. Are you about to tell me a million dollar idea? I know, no, I'm <laughs> telling you an idea that's been around for a while. Oh, um, this is uh, this is one for safety mm-hmm. uh, for the for the uh, the people driving, also for um, I guess convenience really, and and um, the sanity of other drivers really. Yes, that it drives me crazy <laughs> when. Okay, yeah. we're talking about self leveling. systems. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't even said the name of it. Yeah, yet, sorry. So, we're talking about self leveling systems. So you know how when you're driving at night and you see a car approaching you and you can only see the headlights and then you see the headlights do this bump thing mm-hmm. when that whenever they hit a bump or maybe dip down if they hit their brakes mm-hmm. um self-leveling systems can are are designed to address that sure yeah they they uh they minimize the the effects of that and the other thing is that you know if you've got a truck or an SUV or even some cars but not all mostly luxury cars have yeah. this um you know with giant trunks it makes sense <laughs> um if you put a heavy load in the back let's say you put a pallet of bricks in the back of your truck my brick collection your brick collection you're going to take your brick collection for a drive around town ben cuz i know yeah. you do that your your uh, historic bricks ladies love the historic bricks <laughs> 
and all the and all the stories that go along with them. I'm sure. <laughs> Okay. So you put your uh, your pallet of bricks in the back of your truck and the headlamps, uh, you know, of course, the wheels are barely on the, the front wheels are barely on the ground. The headlamps yeah. are pointed up. Mm-hmm. You can't see where you're going. You can't steer. It's trouble. Right. Yeah. Uh, self-leveling lights um, accommodate for that and they can angle themselves down. They, they will uh, direct themselves back down to the ground. And mm-hmm. that not only helps you, you know, able to be able to see further down the road. Um, it also helps other drivers so they're not blinded, you know, by you and oncoming traffic. Yes. Very, very helpful feature. Um, and then there's a couple of other things here. You know, there's a, there's a future of headlamps mentioned, but there's also, um, you know, other types that are, that are still out there that we should mention probably. Yes. There, there's so some. I skipped over some of your stuff. Yeah. There's fog lamps. Yeah. Fog lights. And you see these in the aftermarket, um, aisle of, you know, automotive stores all over the place. They're also a common feature now on a lot of cars. Yeah. For a while, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they kind of came on, um, as an add on feature to like the sport, sportier models of vehicles. Um, but they're exactly what they sound like. They're for fog lamps or for, um, bad weather conditions. They're down very, very low to the ground. So mm-hmm. you're not, um, well, you've, you've done this before. Have you ever been in, you ever driving fog and you have your, your high beams on? And you try to turn your high beams on and what happens is you actually lose efficiency. Yeah. Because of the way the light refracts off exactly. the fog. Exactly. Same thing with snow. Same times with, uh, same thing with rain oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're better off with your low beam la- lamps because you can see better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people can still see you coming because there's white light at the front of the car. They know it's a, a vehicle approaching. Well, uh, fog lamps or fog lights are, well, either factory or aftermarket add-on should be mounted really, really low and pointed at the ground so that, you know, you get the best visibility. You get the best uh, view of the road in front of you. Yeah. Um, then there's another type. This is – I've never really heard of these, but I think I've seen them before. I, th- I think I've, I've seen these in action before on, like, the Baja racers, you know, when they're out in the desert. Are you talking about – wait, which ones are you talking about? Pencil beam. Ah, pencil beam. Okay, mm-hmm. I have read about these, but I have not seen them. Before. These are these are in real life. I guess intense off-road aftermarket lights, and uh, they're very very bright. They have a long long distance, like two thousand feet, mm-hmm. is what you're able to see with these things at nighttime. So let's say you're in the desert and you're you're you know headed off-road and you're in some race or something, or you're yeah. just trying to get somewhere. I guess um, that's where these are, these are in use mostly. They're very very narrow beam, so they're real focused. Um, they're not legal for street use because, you know, they can be, uh, they could be, di- you know, driving da- hazard, dangerous to other yeah. drivers. That's right. Because they're so bright. Um, I, I just had never really heard of these called pencil beam before, but mm-hmm. I, I do believe I've seen them on like the Baja racers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when they're, uh, out in the middle of the desert at night trying to go at, you know, 80 miles an hour or whatever they're doing. Yeah. I think it's a good idea to have those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, probably. Uh, we should also mention, um, that. I know this is about headlights, but there are adaptive brake light systems. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so, very good. So these things, which uh, I predict will be increasingly common. You think so? Over the next 15 years, yeah, cause, okay. because they have a safety aspect. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that legislators and car manufacturers probably get behind this one. Mm-hmm. Um, a, an adaptive brake light system works in the following way. When you – Tap on your brakes, you slow down a little bit, the light comes on, but it's not that bright. It's maybe regular brake light intensity. And then when you go to more severe or sudden stops, the light gets brighter. Okay. So it's sort of a – the idea is that with this progressive lighting, you'll know when someone has slammed to a stop 
versus slow down or decrease their speed. Now, there is, of course, a fairly obvious problem with something like this, which is that if this is not a widespread system, most drivers who would benefit from it, you know, the drivers in the car behind the other Mm -hmm. car, aren't going to know. They're going to, you know, it'll look like they have weak brake lights. Yeah. Or strong brake lights. Yeah, what about uniformity, I guess? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not the same for every vehicle, you know, everybody's going to have different systems, which they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Cadillac has the bright, bright LEDs in the back of their car. Yeah. And they seem to come on. It's funny, but you can almost sense that they come on quicker. They they kind of snap on versus a, a softer bulb. I, I don't know how to explain this. It's almost like the speed of the light is faster. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's intensity or how the how to gauge what's really happening there but um you know those when all of those LEDs light up you know to stop mm-hmm. um but you know some of the older cars that have like maybe one bulb at the back you know with a little filament and then it's behind a red glass and it's got chrome all around that yeah. um a little tougher to see at night so i could see where having more lamp uh surface at the back of the vehicle would mm-hmm. be beneficial but i don't know if they're going to have um if if they if they're not uniform, how is everybody going to know what's a panic stop in one car versus another star, another car? Yeah, I think they're all, they're all at the uh, these progressive light systems uh, for a tap on the brakes mm-hmm. are still going to operate as normal brake lights, so they're mm-hmm. not going to be we- any weaker than a conventional brake lamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that they will become more intense to indicate a sudden stop. Um, the idea being that. If it doesn't benefit people who are unfamiliar with the system, it certainly won't harm them. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on the idea. Sure, because yeah. you still have lamps at the back of the car. So what about fiber optics? Man? Ah, that's a good one. That's a, that, that's interesting because that comes from a, a single source. Yeah. And it's carried via fiber optics to the, to wherever you need light in the vehicle, right? Space age, man. Now, but the, but the thing about fiber optics is there's one downside to it. Um, now it's it's bright, of course, but it does lose intensity from the source to the endpoint, and uh, that that's causing a concern because the the source then needs to be so intensely bright mm-hmm. that it's going to suck up a lot of power. It's also going to cause, I would think, a lot of heat. Yeah, um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know about the heat issue. It could be another type of light, but um, t- I don't know. It just seems like it's complicating something that doesn't have to be that complicated. And there's neither of us are fans of overly complicating these kind of things, especially if complication can lead to a higher probability of breakdowns. Sure. But they are looking at fiber optics. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a possibility. Yeah. Those are, those are, should be filed under headlights of the future. Mm-hmm. So perhaps your, uh, next high end car, if you are very careful with your current one, will have this sort of system or similar system, but as of now, these are still filed under future. Oh, what about LEDs? We oh, didn't even we mention. Didn't even, we, you know we talked about them briefly. Yeah, we did. I, I don't even have any notes on LEDs, but you know what? There are cars out there right now. We'll just wing this. How about yeah. that? But there are cars out there right now that have LED systems. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, I think the new Prius has an LED system, mm-hmm. and it's not what you would think. It's not the uh, it's not that tiny little uh, bright white or blue or you know. Oh, like the like light that. bright toys. No, it's very. <laughs> it's actually very close to. I was surprised. I thought it would be bright white like the um, um, like the Xenon lamps yeah. are. But it's really not. It's more. It's got more of a yellow look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I've heard a long time people are saying, "Let's move to LEDs. Let's move to LEDs." Yes. And the, the problem was they weren't bright enough. They couldn't throw enough light forward to actually make them useful. 
um, for distance at night. And there's also – there was a cost factor too. Yeah, like exactly. That. There's a cost factor and now I think that they're getting the cost factor in, in check but they're able to find a way to reflect that light or make them stronger, powerful enough that mm. they can produce enough light clearly. I mean they're using them. Right. But they can now produce enough light uh, – throw enough light. I guess that's the way to say it. Uh, for distance at night, and they weren't able to do that before. So now that's why LED systems are becoming available. And Prius isn't the only one that uses them. I know that there are others out there, mm-hmm. um, but it's relatively new. This breakthrough happened around the same time that you were that the market also introduced um, LED flashlights. Mm. Because I have an LED flashlight. I have two actually. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty cool. Uh, they're they're much stronger than the LEDs that you and I are familiar with when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, they last longer. They are uh, – they last much longer, which makes them inherently, yeah. some would say, more energy efficient. And supposedly the flashlights you can drop while they're illuminated and they won't break uh, because the filament was a problem in the older ones yeah. with the tiny little bulb mm-hmm. and the reflector. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've had I've had mixed results with them because I got an early LED lamp uh, or rather uh, fl- flashlight that was disappointing. It yeah. wasn't very bright. Didn't throw off much light. But now I know they've got some pretty intense ones. I'm guessing that's what you have. Yeah, I have one of the newer. Uh, the second one, the one that um, I have purchased recently in the last few years, is actually quite bright. Mm-hmm. And um, being an inherently paranoid person, I do keep flashlights in different areas of my house, mm-hmm. along with uh, survival gear. Um, I, I don't have that. I have more flashlights, but uh, I uh, <laughs> freeze dried food. Freeze dried food. Yeah, sure. I, I. You know what? I won't laugh at you for that because that's uh, well. You know, that's where we are now. <laughs> that's awesome. You're very. Yeah. You're very. Uh, you're a very supportive co-host, my friend. Um, <laughs> but the other one I had, which is an earlier model, um, was actually this uh, Chinese-made. LED flashlight and just had a couple of LEDs yeah. in in the in the lamp area and it was powered by shaking it. Oh, so I could never figure out if the LEDs were just um, an older iteration of the technology and maybe not as strong, or if it was just the fact that it was quote unquote human powered. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone should check out our podcast on human powered vehicles to learn about the consequences of using human activity as an energy source. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, like Gilligan's Island when they have like the human powered, uh, you know, they always had some type of system set up yeah. where they're powering something with a bicycle yeah. that they made out of bamboo or something <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work quite as well as you think it would. We're actually, um, this is such a side note, man, but pretty soon in that uh, hangout area that we built over on the other side of the mm-hmm. office, um, I'm going to be installing a uh, charger station using a stationary bike to oh, cool. uh, to charge, uh, you know, iPhone small electronics. We'll see how it works. We'll see. I think uh, I think it depends on how long it will take to charge. You know, sure. if it only takes you a few minutes, more people will use it. If it takes you an hour, no one will. Use Wonder it. how many miles are going to be logged on that? Yeah, I should I should also get uh, get those instruments to check too. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, interesting. But it has no headlights. Oh, okay. It's Fair a stationary enough. bike. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Not needed. So do we have anything else on this? No, you know, I think that's about it. I mean, we talked about uh, the past all the way through, you know, the present and future. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, 
there's a lot of interesting things that are happening with this. You'd, you'd be surprised. I mean, you know, how much is really going on with this because it, it does become such a drain on the system, you know, when you're running old incandescent lamps and yeah. you know, they lose power and they, they have a lot of problems with them. Then we kind of progressed up through, uh, halogen and xenon and, you know, where are we going next? Fiber optics? Is that next? Is that That's really going to happen? I mean, we've got LEDs now. Yeah. Um, what, what really is what we're going to see next? I, I just can't imagine. Our safe bet though is that we're going to see something because Headlights currently are a necessity mm-hmm. for the for for any night driving vehicle. There is a possibility, and this is a very I'm winging this one, Scott. There, it's it's still a, a remote possibility that uh, some vehicles of the future will use camera systems that permit simulated night vision. You uh, know, so, they have minimal systems that have minimal. Um, Abilities, I guess, is the yeah. way to say this. That you know, you can see around turns that are blind. They've got infrared. They've got um, radar systems. Mm. Um, there's very, very small use of this right now. It's, yeah, it's, it's more happening. For stealth and military technology. Well, it's yeah. happening right now in automobiles, but it's it's very, very um, limited use at this point. So you're right. I think that may happen, but we still. You know, even if you're talking about night vision systems and you're talking about, you know, being able to just kind of drive through the night with no lights on. You still have to have indicators yeah, for that's, safety. That's a neat idea, but no one can see you coming. Right. So you, you still need to have white lights at the front of the vehicle mm-hmm. to, to indicate that, yeah, there's a vehicle coming. It's like being in a boat or something on the, on, exactly on the water. What I was say, yeah. You have to have, uh, you know, lamps of some kind to indicate which direction you're going, the red and green lamps. You have mm-hmm. to, that tells people which direction you're headed. Yeah. Um, same idea with cars. You have to have that. So we'd like to hear from you guys, of course, as always, about the your opinion on xenon headlights. Am I opening a door here, Scott? Oh, maybe. I don't know. How about uh, how about the future of headlamps? Where, okay, okay. Where's it going? Yeah, you know, a lot of people hate the overly bright headlights. So yeah. maybe instead of that, tell us the uh, where you think the future of headlights is going where you think it should go, Mm -hmm. and if you think there's a difference. Sure. Let us know about that on Facebook and Twitter. Give us a shout at our uh, blog. And we, as Scott said, have quite a few uh, interesting articles on headlamps, like how long do they last? What's up with those blue ones? Uh, what is the future? Yeah, not just not just headlamps for cars, but like fluorescent lamps and uh, you know, camping lanterns and things like that. We've got a lot of different articles about light. Yes, and we would like to hear from you, so send us your opinion or an idea for a topic we could cover in the future at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.